What's up, everybody? Welcome back. We are in week one, officially, of the NFL season. This is Cody Michael. I'm joined, as always, by Seth Ott. Oh, yeah. We are socially constipated. This is Gridiron Grunts. We took our bye week last week because uh, it's the only chance we would have to rest for the season and are ready to give you 17 now, actually 18 now, straight weeks of football recaps, game previews. We're going to do some betting. A lot of fun stuff. Time to get into some regular season form. Very excited here. A lot of news from the last week as preseason's wrapped up, training camp's wrapped up, some starters were announced. We're going to get into some of those pieces of news in just a bit. Then, of course, we're going to cover every game that is coming up this weekend, starting, of course, with Cowboys Bucks on Thursday night. So we're in it now. The fantasy teams have drafted. We had our draft for our league that's been running for a long time this past weekend. Uh, I actually, just before we started recording, did another draft. And so it feels like we're officially in the season. Waivers are, are hitting this week. So we're in it, Chef. We, we made it. We survived. No more Sundays without football until, I think, the middle of February. It's got to feel nice. Yeah, and you're, you're going to be lucky enough to catch a lot of those those Sundays in person. So that'll be an extra bit of excitement. But, yeah, it's good good to have it back. You know, my, my Netflix Sundays are going to have to take a backseat for a little while or Maybe get get those in before the games on Sundays. Get up early and watch movies before the football starts. Got to have priorities. You're right. I am going to be live and in person for a lot of games this season. Week one, Bears and Rams at SoFi, home opener for the new stadium. Also, we'll, we'll almost definitely be in attendance for the last game of the season when the Rams host the Chargers in Super Bowl <laughs> in at SoFi. So uh, really excited to see both ends of the season kind of bookended with me in L.A. It's going to be very, very fun. <laughs> we are going to have, listen along this week's show. We're going to have some links and things. Don't forget to head out to the website, sociallyconstipatedpod.com. We're going to link out there in the description for this episode to our pigskin pick'em, which we hope that y'all will be a part of. And then we're also going to be adding a couple features to the website. Keep an eye out for those over the next week or so, where we're going to keep track of some of the, we'll, we'll call them prop bets that Seth and I make with one another, or just things that we feel good about that we want to kind of memorialize and track working on building a way to keep that up on the website. So in terms of tracking our prognostications and and the like, plenty of opportunities to do that because we like to know when we're right and wrong. So keep an eye out for that stuff. Don't forget to hit the subscription button wherever it is you're listening to the podcast. Out on the website, you'll find all of our social media profiles. Don't forget to follow us there. Share episodes, like them, do all that good stuff. And join in the comments out on the website. If you think that Seth is making some shitty picks this week, let him know. He probably will, so you'll have a good opportunity. <laughs> I think that's enough to get us going. We got a lot to talk about. Like I said, there are 16 games uh, that we are going to preview. But first, we're going to get into the news. So let's go ahead and jump up our bathroom reading. Sitting on the toilet. Sitting on the toilet. Mentioned at the top, Seth, rosters coming together, final cuts being made. Everyone's down to 53 at this point. There were a few teams that were waiting to find out who their first their quarterback one was going to be. And we saw the end of a few quarterback battles, one of which out in Denver, guy I know you're a fan of, Teddy Bridgewater, won the starting job over Drew Locke out there at Mile High. They had really similar stats. I think they have really similar profiles in general. We've talked about this battle in the past. You and I have liked Bridgewater because he's a little more you know, experienced, a little more calm, a little less mistake prone, but you're going to lose a little bit of that highlight reel playmaking that Drew Locke is occasionally going to do. Now that it's official, are you still in favor of the Bridgewater pick? And, and what do you think that you know means positively or negatively for Denver going into this year? Yeah, it's funny. We talked about it, I think, like the day before, like the, or the day that 
that this got announced. I think the episode dropped and was so we had talked about it like the day before. Basically, the approach they had was safe and, you know, maybe they, they rely more on their defense and running game with Teddy or they go with Drew Locke and, and go with the explosiveness. So that I, I feel like this is more of a the Broncos feeling good about their defense and running game, what they have there. And they have some really gr- great young receivers. I had I drafted Cortland Sutton, so I'm hoping he does well this year. But I think this is, this is a play that makes me believe the, the Broncos believe that they have a winning team now and that they want a, a little bit more safety and predictability in the pocket and someone to lead the team. So I like the pick. I don't see a lot in Drew Locke personally that I think he's going to be, you know, like the next Patrick Mahomes or anything like that. So, you know, if you feel like you have a team that can win now, I, I would go with the sure guy. Yeah, this Denver team is going to be interesting. Their defense looks to be solid and – They've got a surprising, like, if unless you're looking at the depth chart, you'll forget everyone that's on this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they've got talent. And so if Bridgewater is able to get it moving around, this could be a team that's interesting and becomes competitive over the course of the season. So good for Teddy, though, to, I think he's now on his fourth team, uh, <laughs> yeah. really up and down, a lot of uh, bad luck in his career so far. So glad to see him getting another shot to start. So really happy for Teddy out there in Denver. We'll see how he does. Crossing the country over to New England, this one to me came as a surprise. McCorkle Jones is your starting quarterback for week one for the New England Patriots, going in as a rookie, as a starter. I don't think anybody thought that Belichick would do this and go in with a rookie after all this time with, with Brady and you know bringing in Cam Newton, who was so experienced last year. I think the bigger surprise to me, bigger than Jones getting the starting job, Newton cut, not even going to act as a backup. Mm-hmm. Uh, to my knowledge, has not been signed. I think it's a, it's a complete tragedy if you look around the league at some of the guys mitch trubisky has a job and cam newton does not i think josh rosen is on a roster nathan peterman is on a roster and cam newton is not i think it's horseshit but when you look at new england and you think about this season and getting games won what do you think of this decision jones over newton i think it was the wrong one if you're trying to win now but maybe they just want jones to get up to speed quick yeah i don't know this is this is interesting you know the the two quarterbacks that I picked. I, I picked Jones and Taysom Hill to be the starters, and the complete opposite happened. So apparently, don't ask me who I think is going to be a starter of a team uh, unless it's already set in stone. But I, I don't. This one's interesting too. I, I think they must really feel confident in Mac Jones if they're going to just straight up release Cam Newton. You know, it's the NFL is a is a quarterback driven league, and there's not there's probably no there's definitely no better backup quarterback in the league than Cam Newton and so to to just outright cut him makes me believe that they think Mac Jones is is ready to win now I haven't seen admittedly a ton of Mac Jones a couple clips here and there but nothing that I can really guess on how he'll be but I think he fits definitely fits more the profile of the Patriots offense that they ran with Tom Brady I would say so you know similar type quarterbacks in terms of stand in the pocket and throw it so we'll see how that ends up but I guess they're they're feeling confident in him we'll see how McCorkle does coming out there and slinging it week one we'll get into his week one matchup in just a few minutes here you highlighted a second ago you thinking about New Orleans the quarterback battle between Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill I was of course correct that duh, Jameis Winston being the only one who is, you know, a quarterback should probably uh, start and he will. Jameis Winston getting the nod for week one. I love this. I I know that there's a lot, like a lot of talk about like, oh, Hill is so dynamic and he adds so much to the offense. I completely disagree with that. I don't think putting him in the quarterback position adds anything to the offense. I think it takes away more than it adds. And with Jameis, you still get the whole field. And, And that's what 
if I'm a New Orleans fan, I'm happy with this because it's not like they're still going to not use Taysom Hill in the offense in some way. But I don't think he should be under center every play. And so I think this was the right call for Jameis. The stage is set for him to win comeback player of the year. But watch out for this cat to start slinging it. I'm telling you guys, now's the time to place your bets on Jameis Winston before the, the odds get bad because I think 45 <laughs> touchdowns and 10 picks. That's my pick for us. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> no, that was exaggerating a lot. <laughs> yeah. I, I can see 45 touchdowns and 30 picks, which would still be fine, but still be 30 picks. <laughs> yeah, I just thought they would go with Taysom Hill because of kind of similar with Broncos. I think they'd go the more conservative route just because they know what the offense looks like when Taysom started last year. And Sean Payton has in the past talked about how much he likes Taysom Hill. So I don't know. I, I think I still don't believe in Jim, Jimmy Winston as a starter. I just... I think he's too mistake, pro- I guess prone is probably the only word I can think of right now. I, I've never been a big fan of his, and especially not having you know really any receivers right now until Mike Thomas comes back. I don't I don't see the, the comeback player of the year awards that you have coming to him. <laughs> well, it's okay to be wrong sometimes. <laughs> Bet big on Jameis. I don't, I don't like much about New Orleans, though, in general, so it could end up being you know close to a non-issue. But excited for Jameis to get another chance uh, as a starter, similarly to what we said about Teddy. I think he's a guy that has at least earned another shot and uh, we'll see what he does with it here we talked about the bad luck of Bridgewater I think maybe nobody has had as bad a luck as Tyrod Taylor Uh, he keeps getting you know benched for for rookies or injured or both and now he's lucked his way into the starting (laughs) position in Houston I don't I don't know if luck would be the word I would use but um, it sounds like Deshaun Watson is going to stay on the roster but will be a healthy scratch for as long as they can't play him. That's how they decided to handle that. I'm sure that has to do with the money um, and his contract. And, you know, it's it must have been the least, the lowest impact way to deal with him. But what that means is Tyrod Taylor starting at quarterback again. We have been saying that Houston is, I think we said that they were the worst, I, I said that they would be the worst team in football this season. And you agreed when we did that preview uh, a yeah. while ago now. Is it still the case with Tyrod Taylor? Does he move the dial over, say, an Eagles or a Jets team out of the bottom one or two spots, or will Tyrod not make a lot of difference to you? I don't think, yeah, I, I, I think we were under the assumption the entire time that Tyrod was the starter, so I don't. it doesn't change anything for me. I've seen a lot of people online for this weekend have a, a push towards uh, them winning the, the money line. They have like plus, well, I guess we'll see it in a little bit, but they have plus money because they're the underdog. I think it's in Houston and against the Jaguars. And I still, even though it's Trevor Lawrence's first game and it's on the road, I'm like, I, I still can't see Houston winning. <laughs> that This might be one of their few winnable games, but I don't know. That team is in, that team's in just shambles right now. It doesn't change anything for me. It's cool to see Tyrod get another shot. And I think he has a couple weapons there that he can work with, but ultimately that that team that team needs to be blown up and and rebuilt from the from the ground floor houston's gonna stink but great to see tyrod playing who knows maybe he works his way into uh to another job or who knows maybe houston surprises now nah, we don't need to talk about that as a, as a potential op- outcome that ain't happening this was a surprise too coming out of new orleans latavius murray sounds like there was maybe some issues with his money some disagreements there murray finds himself cut when they went down to 53 so he is a free agent now and you had mentioned, Seth, that there's another there's another guy in that running back room that New Orleans feels pretty comfortable putting up into that two spot behind Kamara. I've loved Murray in this role, but, you know, it is a business and it sounds like it didn't go well for him this time. But, you know, on a team that we're already not that excited about, 
Murray's exit does open the door, though, for this third stringer to come in. What, what do you know about this cat? I don't know a whole lot. I just heard that, I think his name's Tony Jones Jr. I, I've heard that they like him there. He's, he's shown a lot of uh, flashes in the preseason. And then Latavius Murray was also costing a decent amount of money to, to keep him there. So I think that was more of a, a financial decision because he, he still was playing well, but he is getting a little bit older and had, had a lot on his contract. So I think they're trying to get young and probably do what the Texans, Texans should do and cut some of the older players that are more expensive and you know maybe go a little younger and try and rebuild but it sucks to see uh Latavius Murray you know not on a team because he is a fun player to still watch I'm sure he'll get signed somewhere at some point soon but too bad for him who had a good he had a good run in the Saints after coming off the Vikings uh, a little bit of success he had there too I could see Murray getting signed mid-season to to a solid team that's a good player he's still got a lot in the tank I believe by the way, another running back news, uh, Le'Veon Bell has a new home. He's on the practice squad for the Baltimore Ravens. This was a weird piece of news to me, and I don't know much about, you know, maybe it's an obvious, like, thing that people do to sign a guy to a practice squad like this. I have a hard time thinking Le'Veon Bell is really going to be on the practice squad for very long. I don't think he's maybe going to yeah. be a starter. They like their running back room, but what's your reaction to the to the Bell news? Because he was, I think, one of the players that we were kind of waiting to see where he would end up this year. Turns out it's Baltimore. From what I've seen on that, that the the point of the practice squad sign is to get him ready to go up to the roster. So it's more of just you know because he wasn't there during the tr- during training camp, he's just getting caught up to speed, and then once he's ready to go, they'll put him back on the main roster. But yeah, I don't know. I, I know Gus Edwards. They just signed to some decent money, so he'll presumably be, presumably be the starter. But they kind of always liked that two running back approach there in Baltimore since Harbaugh has been there, even though he's more of a defense guy, but you know that it's still something that I think their overall philosophy has always been that two running backs so yeah I think just more of a more of a depth thing right now just kind of have that rotation but I think Gus Edwards is especially at this stage in his career better than Le'Veon Bell I think that's a fair point yeah guy runs hard uh, as does everybody on Baltimore yeah. that's a it's a team that's ready to punch some fucking it's, guys in the mouth again this year it almost feels like a just kind of a a, a dig at the Steelers a bit a bit there too <laughs> signing Le'Veon I'm sure that even if Le'Veon, like, whenever they play the Steelers first, even if Le'Veon hasn't seen the field yet, he's going to be out there at least at some point to go against them. Yeah, one would think. And he may have some intel. You know, maybe maybe they brought him in so they can uh, find out find out some information about what's going on uh, in Pittsburgh. I guess that's a piece of the gamesmanship that folks do. Mark Andrews getting paid. Uh, dollar dollar bills for him. Show me the money! <laughs> Four-year extension from the Ravens, 56 million bucks. I think he's the third highest paid tight end now behind Kittle and Kelsey. I'm not sure when Darren Waller's money is coming up, but outside those four guys, I I think that's a class in and of itself. Mark Andrews, I got to assume you think worth the money, solid signing for the Ravens here, getting him extended. Yeah, and I think Waller actually recently, within the last couple of years, had a had an extension so I don't know if he'll have another one anytime soon but he yeah he's he's up there too which is his story is incredible but with Andrews uh, definitely deserves that he's been a super solid tight end probably the the key to any sort of success that Lamar Jackson's had through the air uh, he's just sure-handed runs good routes big dude you know just solid solid guy solid tight end uh, he kind of a guy that gets overlooked because you mentioned guys like Kittle and Kelsey and now you got Kyle Pitts and Waller like these guys are, are getting talked about a lot, but Mark Andrews has been one of the most solid players in the last five or so years. Uh, just all around, just a just a really solid tight end. So 
they definitely needed to to do that because he could go somewhere else and probably put up huge numbers with a with a little bit more of a, a heavier passing attack. Certainly one of those glue guys, got a lot of experience. Good guy to have in the locker room there in Baltimore, so that's a good signing. That is what we've got for the headlines. So Mark Andrews, Teddy Bridgewater, Mac Jones, James Winston, Tyrod Taylor, all getting good news this week in our bathroom reading. Sitting on the toilet, now flush. All right. I am very excited because our next segment means we are underway as the season gets started. Let's preview our week one games. It's coming right for us! Coming right for us on Thursday night football. The Dallas Cowboys are going to Tampa to play the defending champion Buccaneers. This is obviously going to have a lot of eyes on it. Thursday night football opener, defending champ, kind of traditional I'm very excited to see this game. I, I think the Bucks, as we're going to mention in a second, are heavy favorites in this one. <laughs> I think it has potential to be just a really good game because of the matchup here. You know, as good as the Bucks are, they're obviously really, really good on defense. But I think this this Cowboys offense really has a shot to compete. They have a couple injuries along their offensive line, which could prove pretty tricky. But if Dak's going to step back there and cut it loose, then like I, I think they're going to be in this game. You have Elliott trying to kick off another comeback season. A lot of people are kind of calling for. We did find out that Zach Martin is going to be out officially. That's as of a couple days ago. Not a lot of injuries here for the Bucks. Jordan Whitehead is out. He's uh, he's the safety. And then Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown are on the injury report. It's questionable. I, I think they're expected to both play. So Thursday night football in Tampa. Seth, how do you how do you see this game playing out before we get into the money here? Man, I. I think the Bucks will ultimately win. I the Cowboys are just such a hard team to read this year, I think. Because on one hand, last year they were their offense was just putting up tons of points in games but still losing because they had such a bad defense. And that was even with Dak there. They were putting up tons of points and still losing. And so the couple pieces they added added on defense, now Dak just coming back like it's part of me wants to think like yeah, they're going to be fucking putting up tons of points again and and you know maybe being a little bit more competitive this year, but at the same time, it's like, how long is it going to take for that team to gel? I think the Bucks, though, they're, I think they're going to be in, in a stride. They were just hitting a stride as the season was ending and getting into the playoffs. Retained all their players, had a lot of coverage this offseason, getting back together you know, with, with different groups in the offseason and, and continuing to practice even after the Super Bowl. So I think that this Bucks team didn't take much time off, and they're they're going to be coming in hot, ready to go. So if I were to if I were to to, to guess, I would say the Bucks kind of come in there and and have this one pretty easily. Ooh, I'm I'm going to test your thought on that, Seth. As we as we look at the uh, the sports book, let's look at the pigskin pick'em and pick against the spread. So again, check out the link in the description box to this episode out on sociallyconstipatedpod.com. And follow along with our picks, join our pick lobby, and you can compete right with us for Pigskin Pick'em. So we'll, we'll do the spread pick on ESPN, and then we'll switch over to the FanDuel Sportsbook, take a quick look at another couple bets for some of these games, this one I think being one of the interesting ones. So we've got the Bucks as six-and-a-half-point favorites. So touchdown favorites over the Cowboys. And I tend to agree with what you said in general, Seth. I, I think Tampa's going to control this game. But even last year when they were when they were really playing well, they don't crush teams. It's just not their thing. They don't run away. And so Dallas being a team that doesn't go away and Tampa being a team that doesn't run away, I, I definitely want Tampa to win this. I, I think they will win this game. But I'm going to take the six and a half points for Dallas and 
think that they keep it close. You know, maybe this is a five, six point win. Maybe it's a backdoor cover, but I have a hard time. Dak, Dak in that offense plus six and a half is a hard thing for me to pass up on. I would lean the other way. I, I think that the Buccaneers win by at least a touchdown here at home coming off of a, a hot Super Bowl. I know the Cowboys did keep it very close last year in a lot, in, in a lot of their losses that they had that where they scored 40 points. And, you know, you kind of have to. <laughs> if, if you're scoring 40 points, it's probably going to be at least close in a game if you're losing with that. But, yeah, I just I just think with Bucks coming off of the that Super Bowl and the Cowboys take a moment to get their, their legs underneath them, I, I think the Bucks win by at least a touchdown. So Seth's taking the Bucks minus six and a half. Give me the Cowboys plus six and a half. If we look at the FanDuel sports book, it, this is crazy. They're even bigger favorites on FanDuel. Everybody loves Tampa. You can get eight points on the Cowboys over on FanDuel. At eight, are you still a Tampa Bay guy at minus eight, Seth? Or does that does that change your mind? I think the the touchdown is. I think it'll be at least a touchdown, but I could see it being like I, I don't feel quite good enough for it being ten points, like for. Yeah, like a 10-point spread. I know it's eight, but I feel like realistically, if you're looking at it for a game, 10 points is kind of where my next level goes to, and I I don't feel that good about that one. Yeah, I love Dallas plus eight. This is one, if that line stays, that I could see myself betting on prior to Thursday night's matchup. So we'll see. I could be really wrong about Dallas, but like we said, they're scorers. Uh, you can get plus 310 on Dallas on the money line, minus 390 for Tampa if you want to pick straight up. Seth, any opinion on the over-under? You've obviously got a great... Tampa defense, high-scoring offense for Dallas. Dallas's defense stinks, and Tampa's got a high-powered. I could see this going over our 52-point line here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's minus 110. Are you going to dampen that because it's the opener, or do yeah. you like them to go over 52 here? What do you think? I probably wouldn't touch this in terms of actual betting, but if I were to lean some way, I'd say the under, just because – there's there's a lot of variables I mean I've said it a couple times now but I just don't know like if this was week three of last season where we knew the Cowboys have a a terrible terrible defense and an offense I can put up points on any team regardless of defense like then I would say yeah the that over under is too too small it needs to be like 60 like they're both these teams are going to score a bunch of points but I just don't know how long it takes for Dallas to get going on offense. How good the the Bucks defense, can, you know, if have they improved even uh, on on last year? Has the Bucks offense are, are they maybe going to lean towards the running game a little bit more this first to start off the season? Like, there's just a lot of variables with that, and so I, I would go under to start. Well, one of us is going to come out on top of this game. I I like the Cowboys plus six and a half and the over. Seth likes the under and Tampa minus six and a half. So not a lot of uh, clarity here, a little bit of a disagreement here on the show, but (laughs) let us know what you guys think in the comments. And especially if you make a bet on this and win, did you make money on the Cowboys or the Bucks? Let's go now to Atlanta where the Falcons will host the Philadelphia Eagles. And this is a matchup that I'm not terribly interested in. Uh, You're going to see the debut of Kyle Pitts. A lot of people are really excited to see him. Some uh, coaching changes, of course, in on both of these teams. We've talked about them. We don't have high hopes for for either of these teams, but it will be interesting to see certain players. And who knows? I I could maybe see Atlanta being one of those teams that becomes surprisingly competitive. But is there anything you're looking for here on the Eagles-Falcons game, or is this one you're probably not going to catch second of? (laughs) I I probably won't watch much of it. I'll probably check out some Jalen Hurts highlights afterwards. You know, I I didn't catch much of him at at the end of last year. I want to see kind of what – 
he brings to the table other than his legs at this point because he was only complete and had bought half of his passes last year, which was rough. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him and then you know having the, the connection with Devontae Smith, if that gets, gets going early on too. So I'll check out some highlights, but not when I'm watching for sure. I would agree with you. A lot of people like Atlanta. They're the favorites, and they are minus 3.5. It's a good I, it's a good number. I struggle with this number, minus 3.5. I definitely think Atlanta is a better team, but they're so all over the board. Uh, I'm worried if I bet them that they're going to just totally fuck it up for me. I, I'm going to nervously say Atlanta and, and eat the points on Philly. I, I, think, I think Atlanta could win this one at home by a touchdown against a really, really bad Eagles team, unless Atlanta's as bad as they were last year and we just don't see it yet. So uh, give me the Falcons on this one. That's the thing is I... With with Atlanta, I don't think they are better. <laughs> I don't know what what about them is better than last year. And I personally think that the Eagles might be a better team just on paper than than the Falcons. At least more, you know, maybe exciting just with the the stuff going on with with Hurts and all that. So mm-hmm. I personally think that the Eagles could be an interesting quote unquote upset here for week one and they go on the road and win in Atlanta early on. I just kind of have a feeling about that one. So I would go with the, the Eagles plus three and a half on that one. Wow. Seth likes the Eagles. If you like them that much, take the money line. You're going to get plus mm-hmm. 134. Uh, nice odds there. It's only plus three if you want to be, uh, bet the spread on FanDuel, but I'm sure you like that one as well if you like plus three and a half. There's a little parlay I was looking at with the money, the just the straight up money line. So the couple upsets that I like. So might come back to that in, in a little bit here. Over under 48 and a half. You like these guys to score some points? No, I, that's another one I don't want to don't want to touch <laughs> with betting. I have no idea what to expect in that game because Atlanta should score a lot of points. I think that offense still is going to be pretty good. I don't think that defense is going to be great either. And I know the Eagles, they're, I don't think they're going to be looking to, I mean, they want to score obviously, but their offense isn't a run and gun. Like they're, they're going to run a lot of, pound the rock and Jalen Hurts is going to run a lot too. So I don't see them putting up a ton of points. It's just, that's kind of a hard one. If I were to lean somewhere, I'd go maybe the over on it though, with it being a little bit lower of a over under. Yeah, I'm going to take the over on this one as well, just because of bad defenses. You know, not a lot inspires me, and both these teams have a lot of speed, so I think you're going to get some long touchdowns, and that lends itself to quick scoring. So not because I like the Eagles or the Falcons, but because the defenses are bad. Give me the over, and give me the Falcons to cover, even though you like Philly in this one. Show me the money! Next game up here, this one I'm very excited to watch. This could be a very good ball game. The Bills are opening up their season at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Bills are six-and-a-half-point favorites. If we look at this game, a lot of storylines. Obviously, AFC seeding, potentially. You know, if you think the Steelers are going to flirt with playoff contention, which you and I don't, but, you know, it's kind of hard to picture them not. You got Josh Allen. A lot of pe- I read a lot of articles today about Josh Allen as potentially the MVP this year. Hmm. Um, you know, who knows if, if that comes true, but he's potentially going to be starting his, what he hopes will be an MVP campaign. So this is a Buffalo team set that we loved. Uh, we picked them to win the East and get to the NFC champion or a, sorry AFC Championship again this year. You, you think the Steelers catch a lucky break in Week One, or is this the beginning of a Bills roll like they did last year, starting in September? I think there were five or six and zero before they lost. Like you, I think this is going to be a really good game. I think it'll be closer than than not. Like I, 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 if I were to lean, I would say it's going to be a close game. I think there's going to be a lot of points in this one. 
I would lean towards the Bills for sure. I, I do think that they're going to be a very, very good team. I kind of have that same feeling like a lot of people do, that Josh Allen is going to be putting up a lot of a lot of numbers this year. I would lean the Bills in terms of the, the – it's a six-and-a-half-point spread, you said. I think that's – I, I would I would I would actually go the the plus plus six and a half for the Steelers on this one. Ooh, we're gonna disagree again. Uh, I love the Bills minus six and a half. I, I I'm not saying this is gonna be a blowout, but I think they'll win by a touchdown, maybe ten points. I love the over as well. So if we switch to FanDuel, six and a half is the line over there as well. The money line though, if you if you do like the Steelers to sneak this one out, plus two thirty five is pretty nice odds if you think that they yeah. have a chance to win it. I don't think they win, but I, I do think they keep it close. Over is 48 and a half. I think the Bills score 35 in this one. Yeah. So if the Pittsburgh, if Pittsburgh shows up, then I think this one's going over pretty quick. Yeah, I agree with you too. I think that's a low low over-under for that one. Unless the weather is going to be bad there. I know sometimes the FanDuel will especially will get in early on like weather reports and things. So, I mean, if it's going to be rainy or windy or whatever, maybe that's a that's an issue. But I doubt that at this yeah. point. Not going to stop the Bills from scoring, so um, <laughs> we shall. I will love, if it's bad weather, I will love the Bills to cover. I will say that. Mm-hmm. They'll respond better than the Steelers to the weather. So we like the Bills to win this game. Seth has taken plus six and a half for the Steelers, but I'm going to eat the points. And we like a lot of points to be scored in this one. So there's money to be made on this Steelers-Bills game. A lot of fantasy implications, too. So I'm, I'm sure folks have some guys drafted in this one. So keep an eye out on that one. One of the really good games in the early early block on Sunday afternoon. Show me the money! Let's talk about your Minnesota Vikings, Seth. They are headed to Cincinnati to open up against Joe Burrow and his Bengals. For the Vikings, this is a team we've talked about wanting to improve defensively. There's been a little drama on the offense around Kirk Cousins. Is he going to play? But at the end of the day, you know, if he, if, if and when he does walk out on the field, he's throwing it to Justin Jefferson and Thielen and turn around and handing it to Dalvin Cook. So this is an offense that should put up some points, I would expect, against a very poor Cincinnati defense. I'm going to say I like your Vikes to go in and, and get a week one win here against the Bengals, who I'm sure will show nicely. And it'll be obviously good to have Burrow, you know, back out there and get to see some highlights. I don't see the Bengals sneaking one out against the Vikings. I'm fascinated to see where you come in on this because this feels this feels like an easy pick for you to make. But I know how pessimistic you get about your guys. I, I legally can't put a bet on this one. I'm not allowed to make any any decisions, so I got to take a loss on this one. I cautiously uh, agree that I like the minus three and a half there for the Vikings. I don't want to say much more <laughs> and as as a uh, precaution to not jinx anything because typically when I choose the Vikings to win or even cover, especially cover, then it doesn't happen. But I'm going to cautiously cautiously agree and go with the minus three and a half for the pick'em. Yeah, I think that's going to be a popular pick, although at plus three and a half, it is a nice spread. You know, I could see Cincinnati hanging out in this one, but I think ultimately the Vikes should get it done. If the Vikings lose this game, I think it's going to be like the alarms are going to go off fast, especially yeah. if they lose it ugly, um, because this is a game that they feel like they should win if they're going to be the contender they think they are. Yeah. I don't like a lot of points in this game, though. I will say that much. The over-under is 47.5. I tend to pick the under, because both these teams can score, but I don't think they do it especially quickly. So mm-hmm. if this is a 21-24 to 24 game, then you're under, and that I think would be a really good version of this game. Do you agree, or do you think points galore? Yeah, I would I would tend to agree too. I think there'll be more running in this one than there will be air action, especially like Burrow coming off and he's already talked about it in this pre in the preseason that there's a little bit of hesitancy to take a hit and you know, he was in a preseason game 
which is good, you know, got him out there. But I don't think he ended up taking any hits. And the Vikings defense right now, they have a very solid front four that I think are going to be able to get after uh, Burrow. So we'll see how he responds after his first hit. But it might take him a little bit to get comfortable out there in the, in the first couple weeks of the season. There we go. We are hammering the favorite Minnesota Vikings. Seth loves it. He says bet the mortgage. <laughs> and uh, we like the under on scoring for Vikings and Bengals if you're trying to make some cash. Show me the money! Let's go to Detroit. Jared Goff is going to start for the first time as a Detroit Lion, and they are inviting into town the San Francisco 49ers. Coming off an injury-prone year, well covered, that you know, disappointing outcome for them last season after losing a lot of their stars. San Francisco is going to put Jimmy Garoppolo out there to start, is what we're being told. And could be his first game in a long time, as it will for guys like Kittle. I see Brandon Ayuk is still on the injury report as questionable. Uh, I think I read earlier that he's expected to play, so we'll see if he's out there. For the Niners, you know, they're really wanting to get off to a great start and show everyone that they're back in that contender realm. You and I are are pessimistic about the Niners, but not as pessimistic as we are about Detroit, who we think stinks. (laughs) I definitely think San Francisco is going to win this one. I would be shocked if you didn't agree. So we'll go right to the, the line here. It's minus seven and a half for the Niners, which I definitely think the Niners are going to win. I have a really hard time eating seven and a half points. I think you got Goff, who's capable. I know there's nobody on that offense, but or, or really that defense for that matter. I just, I don't think I can eat these seven and a half points. Something, something is itching at me for Detroit to cover. I think they lose this game, maybe even by a whole touchdown. But that extra half point has me thinking I might take these and my old buddy Goff uh, to <laughs> keep it close and competitive, at least against the Niners. I don't think they blow them out by 30 in this game. I don't know, man. I I think you might be a little bit crazy there. I I think that the I think that the Niners put a hurting on them. Just in general, in this case, like we have no clue what the Lions are going to look like at all. None whatsoever. We haven't seen any of other than the running the running game. We haven't really seen what this Lions team is. We know that DeAndre Swift is a good, promising young back, but that's it. We like it's it's completely new, completely new coaching staff. It's just hard to to really know what this team's going to look like. So for me in this case, I'm going to go with at least a little bit more of a known commodity here with the, the with the Niners. We know that the one thing that they do super well is run the ball, and the one thing that Detroit does not do well at all is defend the run. I don't think they did much to improve that in this offseason. They were the worst in the league or one of the two or three worst in the league at defending the run last year, and I think that the the Niners are just going to take have every running back they have on the roster get at least like 15 carries and just just pound it because i i think that this is going to be an easy one for them so i'm going with the the plus or the minus seven and a half for the for the niners there i'm not gonna do this but i i, I do itch to take detroit on the money line i don't know why Ugh. i do itch for it just a little bit and I, I only say that now so that i can come back and say i told you so next week i'm probably i'm almost definitely not betting it <laughs> over under at 45 points I like the under. Yeah. San Francisco's just running and Detroit won't score. So I, you think the under? Yeah, oh, yeah, I, d- I definitely agree with you. Under for sure. I think that, yeah, it's going to be just a bunch of running in, the, in this one. I, I, I can't imagine that both these quarterbacks will throw for more than, I think, max 35 times in this game, if I were to bet. I think you're right about that one. So definitely hammer Detroit to win an upset game over there. Show me the money! And we'll go to Tennessee. This is another really good matchup. I like the Titans 
against the Cardinals. Again, this is in Nashville. Titans are going to roll out their Monstar offense again and try to plow over the skinny legs offense of Arizona. I love this matchup. You got kind of the hard nose uh, of Tennessee against the the speed uh, of Arizona. This is a really interesting matchup yeah. for me. I, I'm going to say, before we look at the spread, I'm going to lean the Titans to win this game. I think they're at home, and I'll always take muscle over speed. It's it's almost inevitably what has won. And in a game like this where they've been able to prepare for Murray, it's a questionable defense in Tennessee, but they've had all summer to get ready for this. So I like the Titans' defense to maybe overperform a little bit and get them the win at home in what could, I think, be one of the really good matchups uh, of the week one here. I totally agree with you in terms of the matchup. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Two offenses that are super fun, very different in terms of how they run, but both equally. I think they're both very explosive offenses, but just in very different ways. I think both defenses are pretty similar in terms of skill level. I think Arizona probably has a few more playmakers on their defense, but the Titans are, are I think, a little bit uh, more solid as a unit in general. That being said, I I like Arizona this this game to win. I think they're I think they're they're my other one that I liked. They're a, a road underdog, and I like them to win. That's the the other one I would parlay uh, with Philly and, and Arizona as a little bit of a two game parlay, both at plus money. It's yeah, it's interesting. I could see them getting the win. The spread here for Pickem picks can pick them on ESPN is two and a half points. So you like Arizona plus two and a half. I'll keep with the theme and take Tennessee by a field goal. Uh, <laughs> I, I think this is a close game. I definitely don't think Tennessee is running away with this game. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm glad that it's not the spread is not three or more. Kind of seems like a coin flip I th- here. I just see this as a tone setter for the for actually both teams really, but especially for the Cardinals if they can go in there and win, upset the Titans on the road, show like this how explosive the offense can be. They're they're already one of like the exciting young teams, like a kind of a dark horse team this year in a lot of people's eyes. I think this is a tone setter for them that kind of boosts them into that are they real conversation immediately instead of, you know, week five when they're four and one or whatever, like something like that. Yeah, they're getting three points, Arizona, that is, on FanDuel, so you can make a little money that way. Plus 128 on the money line, which you mentioned you like. The over-under is 52.5. I may, this this is me trying to speak this game into existence. I want the over. I want all the fucking points here. The, these are two teams that are exciting and can score fast. So I think I this is like a touchdown, 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 touchdown game, I think. So I, I like the over. Maybe it's wishful thinking, but I think yeah. these are two teams that are going to score a lot and don't defend particularly well. That's tough because I could also see Tennessee like trying to slow it down maybe because of how fast Kyler likes to play. Maybe they just try and, you know, obviously Henry's going to get at least 20, 25 carries, but maybe they try and run it with him, you know, 10 extra carries or 15 extra carries this game and try and pound it a little bit more and keep the, the over under a little bit lower. Could be. We shall see. I love this. We're, we're on opposite ends, so someone's going to get to do some bragging next week. I hope it's over on that one, though. <laughs> if I were hoping, that's one I'm trying to catch uh, live, and I want because I do think it could. That is a potential to be a 40-point-on-each-side game if they, you know, if everything falls right. Here's hoping. Here's hoping. I like Tennessee to get you the big bucks on this game. Show me the money! Let's go to Indianapolis, the new Carson Wentz Colts. He is healthy and will be starting week one. So will Quentin Nelson, who does not appear on the injury report right now for Indianapolis. So it's a, Good. as close to a full-strength Colts team as you're going to find. We've really enjoyed the idea of this team coming into the season. They are welcoming the Seahawks. Russ is going to come in and try to cook in Indy. And you and I were both pessimistic, I would say, about Seattle when we reviewed them a couple 
uh, of weeks ago. Indy is the favorite here by two and a half points. And this is a tricky line for me, but I, yeah. I do think that Indy wins this game at home. It's a small enough spread. I'd, I'd be willing to eat the two and a half and take yeah. the Colts by a field goal. I think they're more complete, more well-balanced. You certainly run the risk of Russ cooking on you, but Indy's got a really strong defense, mm-hmm. and their offense is good enough to uh, really put a dent in this Seattle defense, which is not nothing, but I don't think one of your top ones. So give me once to come out and show out in, in a pretty good game and, and get the Colts a big win in week one. Yep, this is one that I that I totally agree with you on. This will be an interesting one in terms of tone as well. Like, what do the Colts come out and look like uh, in that first game with Wentz? How how does this how does this offense differ from kind of what we saw last year with Philip Rivers? Does he try and air it out a little bit more? I know they're missing T. Y. Hilton, so do we see someone like Michael Pittman or Zach Pascal or Paris Campbell kind of take that lead role? Do they do they take to the air more or less? It, it, kind of be an interesting Colts team to watch I, I'm interested to see what style of football they play now that the season starts so I, I do think though even just with them running it and that offensive line being you know basically full strength I think that they could win easily just on the ground with how good their line is yeah so get this on FanDuel they flip the odds uh, you're mm. getting two and a half points with the Colts oh. I say absolutely crush that bet yeah uh, Colts plus two and a half all fucking day I'm taking the yep. money line as well at plus 124 yeah um I love the Colts and FanDuel wants to pay you to pick them so this is this for me is maybe my my pick so far of this week yep. um Colts plus two and a half at home I'm definitely not eating those I'll put that in my parlay as well the the plus the, the money line I'll do the three money lines in my parlay yeah there you go Colt's going to get you those dollar bills. Seth, over under 49 and a half. Which way are you going? I take the under. Yeah, me too. I, I think that this, I think that'll be a, a pretty defensive game. All righty. So low scoring Indianapolis win is what we're picking for that game. Show me the money! We jump to Washington. Very excited, you and I both, about this Washington team. Ryan Fitzpatrick getting his first start, but they're welcoming the big, bad Los Angeles Chargers, <laughs> baby. Herbert and the crew are coming into Washington. This is, I well, I don't need to beat the point up about the Chargers. I've been pretty emphatic. Pigskin Pick'em has Chargers minus one and a half. I will be picking that. And we've got an over-under here at 44 and a half. So I do think this is a lower scoring game, so I'll take the under, but give me the Chargers to control the pace here. You agree or you think Washington surprises folks at home here? I think Washington wins this. I think that Washington is... uh... I think they're I think they're coming out hot. I think that Ryan Fitzpatrick gets has a little bit left in his his magic wand and comes out there and and shows everybody why he's Fitz money. He's Fitz magic. In Washington, uh, they take they they win it at home and show everyone why why the Chargers are just pretenders. You're wrong. <laughs> Let's go on to Carolina. The Panthers. Sam Darnold in his first start going up against his former team, the New York Jets. Panthers here are four and a half point favorites. You and I love the Panthers going into this season to to overperform. We'll see what Darnold can do. I don't think they'll have any trouble covering the four and a half at home against the Jets. Yeah. What do you think? Totally agree. That could be minus ten and a half, could be minus twelve and a half. I I think that they win regardless and and cover. I, I think they win this by multiple scores. I would agree with you there. I can't imagine like if there's only one game that Sam Darnold plays well in this year, it has to be this one. He has to this this is like years of frustration he has to be getting out in this game. Yeah, it's a fair point. Who knows though? Maybe he'll be seeing ghosts and he'll throw it. He'll forget what jersey that he needs to throw to. Who knows? But well, if that's the case, then he'd be throwing it to the Panthers because he was throwing it to the other teams' jerseys and when he was at the Jets anyway. That's a fair point. <laughs> if they have a good quarterback coach in Carolina, they're saying, "Hey Sam, throw it to the Jets." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, 
Well, we like Carolina to cover at home, and we'll go to Houston. The Texans are dogs at home, two and a half points. The Jaguars are coming into town. I don't think anybody's watching this game. I'm certainly not. I'm actually going to take Houston just because they're getting points at home. I, I don't feel strongly about this one. And I don't think, I think some people think Lawrence is going to come out and flash. That's such a hard thing to do in your first game. So I, I'm just going to take Houston at home because they're the more veteran team. Yeah, this one's a little, this one's tough. I mean, I, yeah, this will probably blacked out, be, be a blacked out game in the local markets even. No one's going to want to watch it. I'm going to go on the other side. Again, just keeping a theme. I'm, I'm going to go with the Jaguars on this one. We'll take the under 44 and a half points. These guys aren't scoring a lot. Here's another potential game of the week candidate. Cleveland heading to Kansas City. Potential AFC playoff preview here. Cleveland's getting five and a half points in this game against KC. We've talked a lot about these teams. I don't I don't know that we need to talk a lot of storylines, but I'm not going to eat five and a half against the Browns. For one thing, the Chiefs never run away from teams. They don't win yep. by 10 points. So I like Baker to keep it close. Maybe even get the dub in this. The Browns' money line is plus 230. I actually kind of like that bet. And on FanDuel, you're getting 6.5 instead of just the 5.5. I love Cleveland here. Maybe not to win, but at least to keep it within a field goal. Maybe Mahomes pulls some magic out at the end. I'll take the under two at 54.5. I don't think that, I don't think there's going to be as much scoring as one would think. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I like uh, Cleveland get plus 5.5. I don't think they win, but the Chiefs last year were like almost every week being within even though they'd win the like the in this case the browns the plus five and a half would cover like they all their games last year with were within like five points typically (laughs) so they were pretty frustrating to bet the spread with them so i i think that trend continues i mean the chiefs i think like i've said i think they're my super bowl pick but their defense still isn't great their offense is awesome like awesome enough to to keep them in the lead most of the time but i think it gives them enough room for a team like the browns who last year showed they can compete with the chiefs this will be a great game. I think the, the Browns keep it close. And I think that they the, they hit that plus five and a half. Could be a classic. I love this for week one. Let's go to New England. Patriots. McCorkle in his first mm-hmm. start uh, is a two and a half point favorite against the visiting Miami Dolphins. This is a tough pick. America is split on this. 51-49 in terms of picking in favor of the Dolphins. I like the Dolphins in this. I, I, think, they're, I yeah. think they're a more complete team i'm certainly open to being wrong about your patriots here i think if mccorkle comes out and shows anything this could shock this could be like a surprisingly awesome roster but i think when you look at the receiving talent there as compared to the dolphins and the defense and the this secondary especially is a strength for for uh, miami that i'm getting two and a half points for what i think is a better team even though they're going on the road to foxborough i, I like the dolphins here to not just win with the spread but get this game outright I could definitely see that situation happening in terms of the pick'em. I will also go with the plus two and a half, but I also have this strange feeling that Belichick knows something we don't with McCorkle, <laughs> and like they're gonna come out there looking like the fucking Patriots of a few years ago, um, and we're all gonna be like, "Well, shit." I, I I could totally see just a very impressive debut for Mac Jones and the defense being back to basically full string. I think they're still gonna be missing. Gilmore for the first six weeks I think he's on IR but other than that that defense is back and it'll be a game that I have my eyes on just in terms of are the Patriots back or are they still a ways off but Mac Jones at least lets them compete we'll see if old Bill has got the evil plot mastermind getting ready to uh yeah to to jump on folks so Dolphins plus two and a half is going to be our pick let's go to the Packers are going to New Orleans to play the Saints. Packers, two-and-a-half-point favorites. 
this is one I think we can cover quickly. I, I like the Packers to cover and, and win this one by a mile. I, I don't think the Saints are just in the same class right now as the Packers. Agreed, and they're all actually going to be playing this one in Jacksonville because of the, the hurricane. That's right, because the hurricane, yeah. Yeah, definitely still not a home game for the Saints, and I, I'm sure there'll be plenty of Packers fans who travel to that one. So I very much agree with you on this one. Uh, we'll take the pack, minus two and a half. Giants are at home and getting a point and a half against the visiting Broncos. Uh, we talked about earlier, Teddy Bridgewater bringing those guys into town. This one is tricky for me, Seth. I, I don't know much about either of these teams. I don't feel great about either of these teams. I lean toward the Broncos if I'm just picking a winner here. Do they win by two points? Ah, sure. I'll say, uh, I'll take, give me the Broncos minus point and a half winning in yeah. New York. I agree with you. Just more experience. More, I think they're just more exciting team. I, I think that the Giants are probably in the last year of the, the Daniel Jones era, unfortunately for them. Yeah, it could be the beginning of a long season for the Giants. Who knows, though? If they come out and show out well against Denver, maybe some optimism there for Jones and the Giants. Here's another quick one. The Rams opening up SoFi Stadium for the regular season. Six and a half point favorites against the visiting Bears, who I believe are bringing in Andy Dalton to make the start. Rams minus six and a half is a, a hilarious line to me. It should be minus ten and a half. <sighs> I'll take the Rams to cover and embarrass Chicago on the national stage. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Unless we get right before game time, we hear Andy Dalton has been sat. Justin Fields is the starter for Chicago. He comes out there, throws fucking five touchdowns, smokes the Rams. Then then I'll change my mind. But uh, until then, Andy Dalton's a starter. I'll go with uh, the, the minus six and a half with you. I don't want people thinking that was anything but like a gag take. Like you don't, <laughs> I know you don't think that rookie Justin Fields is going to come in there and beat the Rams. The only reason that I think that the Rams cover, cover the six and a half here is that Andy Dalton's a starter. If it was basically any other quarterback, then I'd pick that other team all day, every day. But Fair point. Uh, and if you do like the Bears, you can get seven and a half points on FanDuel. So you can go make some money off them. Plus 280 on the money line too. So if you're an idiot, uh, then you can bet that one <laughs> and that might go well for you. We'll see, though. Rams probably going to 1-0 and after this game. And then we go to Monday night. Know. So that the Rams game Sunday night football, of course. Monday night, the Only Las one Vegas Monday Raiders. Only one Monday here, too. Yeah, just the one. And it's the Raiders opening up their Death Star Stadium <laughs> against the Ravens who are coming in. The Ravens. Uh, the Raiders are getting four and a half points. They are dogs. And four and a half is a widespread for the NFL, Seth. But Baltimore, <laughs> unlike Kansas City and some of the other teams we've talked about, they blow teams out. They're going to absolutely fucking steamroll this Raiders team, and I think you're going to see a huge stat line from Lamar Jackson. So I, I don't care what the yeah. spread is here. I'm taking the Ravens to to win this one going away on Monday night. Yeah, I think the Ravens are going to come out of this game going, what the fuck did we do in this offseason? <laughs> we, we just made our team worse somehow. I think that this, with the Ravens, that they're not my favorite team out of that division even, but they're still a very, very solid football team. They're going to hit you hard. They're going to run the football. I, I think that they're going to, like you said, steamroll the, the Raiders. And it'll be uh, funny to see what some of the reaction will be on on Tuesday morning of, of what people think about the Raiders this season, I think. The over-under here is set at 51. I'm going to take the under. I'm taking the under because I think it's going to be 40 to 6. Yeah. I, I, I don't think the Raiders score enough to keep them in. Like, if you're betting the over, you think the Ravens are scoring 54 points. And mm -hmm. there's not enough. Quite, I don't think there's quite enough time for them to do that. So I, I would take the under even though I think this is a blowout. Yep, agree with you on that one. So those are our picks. Uh, let us know what you like against the spread. Don't forget to hit the link in the description box or head out to the website where you can see all of mine and Seth's picks and compete directly with us. Join in the lobby and, and let us track 
how you're doing against us all season in pigskin pick'em. So that's what we got coming up for this weekend. It's coming right for us! Ordinarily, uh, we would have we would have more to talk about with uh, how our bets did and things like that, but we're placing them for the first time. So we are going to move right on to wrapping the show up. But first, one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. I, I guess my one more thing, I'm in two drafts, or uh, sorry, two fantasy leagues. I have no Rams skill players. This is the first time that this has happened <laughs> in several years. I don't know if it means I'm going to be terrible or amazing. I'm not quite sure, but I don't have any Rams offensive players. I did manage to get their kicker in both of my leagues, Matt Gay. is a very good kicker, and I got their defense in one of my leagues. In- I have an interesting smattering of fantasy, like, like good names. Like I've got Rodgers and Henry in one of them. I've got uh, Kelsey in my other league as well. So I don't always go for, for star names in my drafts, but I did this year. So we'll see. I'm probably going to go 14 and 0 and win the championship in two leagues. So we'll <laughs> keep you guys posted on that one. I ended up with, uh, with one Rams player. I got Robert Woods. So pretty pumped about that. I think he's going to score at least 20 touchdowns this season. So it'll be fun. My one more thing kind of relating back to the betting, a lot of deals out there for, for the first week of the season. So if your state does allow legal sports betting, make sure you check out both DraftKings and FanDuel. One thing DraftKings is doing is a, uh, and especially if you're a new user, they're doing like no-brainer bets. Tampa Bay is getting plus 73 on a bet for Thursday's game. For returning users, I was only able to bet like 10 bucks, and it's minus 110. So you basically get, you basically get close to doubling your money. But I know if you're a new user, I think you can bet 50 bucks on that. FanDuel also has a thing going on for their actual daily fantasy for the lineups. So you get a free entry into their million-dollar contest. Um, that was, I think that's via the, the Pat McAfee show. So Thursday night, if you this is for any state through the daily fantasy. It's just FanDuel, not the, not the sports book. You get a free entry into the million-dollar contest, and this is where basically it's essentially what on DraftKings is called the, the captain showdown mode. You pick one player who gets one and a half times points, and then you just pick any other player on offense. So it could be quarter any quarterback, any running back, any receiver, any tight end, defense, or kicker. I'm actually not sure if FanDuel does defense or kickers or not. I'll have to check that again because I've only ever done this with DraftKings. But you pick, you have a sorted salary. You pick guys on either team in any position, and that's your lineup. And if you do well enough, you can win a million dollars, or you get other prizes kind of get divided between uh, underneath that. So there's that for free. And then if you live in a sportsbook state on FanDuel, also through Pat McAfee, you get a free bet. So if you can do online legal sports gambling in your state, you get a free bet for the weekend. Mac, it's a $10 risk-free bet. So you bet $10. And if your bet loses on an, on an NFL game, you get your 10 bucks back for the after the bet loses. So a lot of free stuff going on this weekend. If you live in a legal state for sports betting, refresh your apps, check your apps, promotion page, and you'll... Uh, Somewhere along the lines, you'll find something for free. And if you don't, if you haven't never bet or have never done like DraftKings or anything like that, just let me know and uh, I'll get you a free code. Ooh, there you go. Promo code from Seth. Uh, <laughs> if you go com- go comment in- on this episode and we'll connect you with Seth, you can get that promo code for some free dollars on FanDuel and DraftKings. They, they want to get you in there, so they're giving away the free money, giving you the, the nice bets, plus 73 points. going to be a pretty hard spread for Dallas to overcome, I think, on Thursday. So I like your odds on that one. So lots of free money to be gotten out there if you're living in a free gambling state. And if you're in fantasy, go and get those Rams. Uh, they're going to be pretty damn good. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. All right, folks. Can't wait to be back next week with some game recaps. Very excited to get get on the couch, get some pizza, some wings, 
watch some games. I'll be headed to SoFi Stadium to watch a, a beatdown, drink some Corona, eat some uh, Ballpark Franks, do something, I don't know. We've made it. We've made it. Week one is, is coming at you fast. Don't forget, now's the time to go out to our website, sociallyconstipatedpod.com. You're going to see more info about this show, place to comment, join our mailing list, become an anchor wanker, Wanker. and keep an eye out for our bet page, which will be going up there so you can kind of track how Seth and I's uh, takes have aged across the season. Seth, I'll give you one chance before we get into week one to change your Super Bowl pick. You took the Chiefs over the Bucks, which is incorrect. Uh, I took the Rams (laughs) over the Chargers, which is right. Would you like to join me now, or do you want to wait until later in the season? I will not be joining you at all because the Chargers won't even make the playoffs. Okay. Well, Seth is wrong, and uh, (laughs) I will be able to prove that in one week when we recap our bets. Hope everybody enjoys week one. Have a great weekend of football. Be safe out there. Have fun if you're going out to tailgate or traveling. And we'll be back in seven days to recap it all and get you ready for week two. But for now, that's going to wrap up this episode. So for Seth Ott, I've been Cody Michael. We'll see you next time. Bye.